Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Full Coverage, the podcast for beauty lovers by beauty lovers. I am your host today, the unprofessional, as always, beauty lover, Lindsay Kelk, ecstatic to be sharing my day with you and with that truck that just went by outside. Um, Let's be honest, this is the fourth time I've restarted the podcast recording today because uh, we are cursed and I have been met by the postman, I have been attacked by a cat and now that's two trucks that have gone by so we're just going to go with it because it's 2020 and resilience is key. Today I have such an exciting episode for you. I had the opportunity to chat over Zoom, sadly, but probably safer for her, so I didn't get to pour her and hug her and tell her I love her. Uh, but I got to chat with Wendy Zomner of Urban Decay. Oh my God, founding partner and chief creative officer of one of my favorite brands of all time. I have been an Urban Decay, the kids would call it a stan. Uh, I've been an Urban Decay fan for the longest time. I have loved Urban Decay and I will talk about it more. You know, I'm going to get through New Year's and then we're going to talk about it um, because otherwise this is just going to be an entire... Oh, you know what it is? It's just an entire episode dedicated to how much I've loved Urban Decay over the years uh, and how much I now also love Wendy. It's just going to be awkward, mostly for her, only for me when I finally uh, get to hang out with her face-to-face, which is going to happen unless she takes out a restraining order. Uh, But yeah, super excited. That conversation is coming up. Uh, I was able to ask her some of your questions as well as many of mine, and she graciously answered all of them. So uh, that is to come. The most exciting thing to tell you about, I'm pretty sure, other than my chat with Wendy, which once again, have I mentioned, I'm excited. It's December, which means it's time for the full coverage holiday calendar challenge. Oh my goodness. If you are a member of our Facebook uh, group already, you've seen this. If you follow us on Twitter, if you follow us on Instagram, if you follow me on Instagram, you've definitely already seen the full coverage holiday calendar challenge. It's a mouthful. I haven't worked out how to make it less of a mouthful yet. I just, I don't know. I don't know if I ever will. Um, But yeah, it's time. It's time, you guys. The calendar is up. Uh, By popular request, this is the third annual challenge. Um, Each day, you will be given a prompt for a beauty look. And then all you have to do is take part if you feel like it. Don't if you don't. No one's making you. No one's twisting your arm. This is entirely voluntary. Uh, And yeah, take a photo of your beautiful look and post it on Facebook in the the group under the um, challenge of the day. I post it every single day so you can all collate, we can all collate our looks in one place and admire each other's beautiful faces. Post on Instagram, tag us so we can share your gorgeous look. We do deeply, deeply want to do that. Um, And post on Twitter if you feel so inclined. I don't really post a lot of photos on Twitter because I think that's where the worst people are. Uh, but that's just me. I don't know. I spend a lot of time there. I can say that. But yes, please, please do come along and join us. I really love the Advent Challenge every year, the Holiday Challenge, I should say. Um, want everyone to feel included in this. Uh, but it's such a fun way to be creative. There are suggestions for every day. So we've got, you know, rocking around the Christmas tree for one day. We've got living for liner for one day. Uh, we've got some tributes to some of our favorite makeup artists on there, including including difficult eyes herself. Uh, We've got a folklore tribute day. We've got holiday nails. So there's all kinds of different prompts uh, for each and every day. And there's no way to get it wrong. It really is just a creative prompt. So like rocking around the Christmas tree could be a look inspired by a Christmas tree. You could draw a Christmas tree on your face for me. It could be a rock girl look. We could take the rock part of rocking around the Christmas tree. It could be the colors of a Christmas tree. It could be you posed next to your Christmas tree. There is no way to get it wrong. Um, But it really is just a fun way to um, get involved in the season, make it Christmassy, make it festive, and just have a nice time uh, exploring creativity and love of makeup with all your fellow makeup fans. But yeah, do come and join us at the Facebook group if you're not there already. That's a really nice way to uh, concentrate a group of people. <laughs> like basically, it's concentrated beauty love. It's like undiluted, pure Ribena uh, love of beauty people. 
that's a reference that only English people are going to get, but I think it's okay. I think it's okay. Anyway, moving on. Um, with new news this week, because the interview with Wendy is, you know, a, d- a decent amount of time, I want to give that all of our attention. So new news, um, it's not really a lot to say at the moment. We're in that very weird mid-period where pretty much all the holiday launches are out, all the sales are happening. It was Black Friday, Cyber Monday this past weekend. So all the sales are on, everything's already discounted. New stuff is starting to sneak peek out for spring. But I'm not there yet. A lot of people are only just putting up their trees. I'm not ready to look forward to spring. There's a couple of pieces I've got my eye on. There is a new Dior cushion foundation coming, which looks stunning. It's got Difficult Eyes' name all over it. Loves a cushion foundation. It's got a leather look, uh, gorgeous, gorgeous finish to the packaging. She's going to be ecstatic with that one. Uh, Sadly, she couldn't be with us today. I should explain. Uh, I'd said that she would be, and she is not. Um, We've been trying to schedule this recording for basically ever. And um, she's a badass boss girl, and uh, jobs keep coming up. So in order for you to have a podcast in a timely fashion, uh, we had to agree to postpone our recording together. And um, I'm just here with you instead you lucky lucky bunch uh, but we are figuring it out for the next episode so do not worry she is fine uh, it does feel like I've probably um, locked her in a closet and won't let her out but that's not the truth you can check her Instagram she's like totally doing stuff um, but back to new news the main thing I want to draw everyone's attention to today is gift sets I know it sounds silly I know some people have done all their Christmas shopping some people have not done their Christmas shopping but Here's the thing, this time of year is there's there's much less new stuff. That's not good grammar. And my job is to write books for a living. Uh, But what I'm saying is now isn't a great time to get new formulas, to get new colors, to see new products. They don't launch at this time of year. What you get at this time of year, what the brands excel at is gift sets. So if there is a brand that you love the best, or if there is a brand that you have been dying to try and haven't known where to start, this is the time of year to get on board with brands because you can get gift sets that include minis, that include uh, a variety of their best-selling products, and it's usually a really good saving on those gift sets, especially now when everything's going on sale. Um, The top brands I'm thinking of right now when I'm looking at this, um, products that we've seen that are fantastic, gifts to others, or let's be honest, gift to self, gift to self. Um, Jouer, I think, do really, really lovely gift sets every year. Um, I really love a Jouer gloss. I really love a Jouer highlighter. Um, I just think they do really, really nice gift sets and it always feels a little bit festive. They always go sparkle. I enjoy that. Uh, Wonder Beauty is another brand that does really good gifting. Um, love a Wonder Mini. They're already products that are geared towards um, fulfilling needs. That's what I like about Wanda is everything has a purpose. Everything is created with a reason for you to own it and for it to exist in your collection. Uh, I like their mascara a lot and I know there's gift sets that include the mascara. Love their under eye patches. Love the Christmas editions that they do. Definitely check those out. You know who else I'm going to say? Because it's bath season and I can't get through bath season without 18,000 bath bombs. So Lush is another brand that is right up at the top of my Christmas gifting uh, choices. Last year, I sent that to my editors and my agents. So I would send them a Christmas present because like, it's the done thing. Because uh, <laughs> they're nice and I like them. And that's why you send a Christmas present. Oh God, let me take that back. I send it because I love them, not because it's the done thing. But usually people send like chocolate or champagne or something. And I'm like, well, you're getting a lot of chocolate and champagne. And while there is a lot of room for chocolate and champagne in my life, uh, there's even more room for bath bombs and bubble bath. Um, there is a lush bath bomb this year that has delighted me beyond all reason and it is shaped like a hippopotamus uh, inspired by the song I want a hippopotamus for Christmas which isn't that big in the UK I think but it's pretty big over here in the States and it's basically just a very nasally child going I want a hippopotamus for Christmas only a hippopotamus will do and that's why I never made it as a singer but uh, I just really love that bath bomb because it's like a little purple hippo and it gave me so much joy. Uh, it smells nice. It makes the bath purple. There's nothing not to love about it. I'm obsessed with it. So check that out. Um, other really great brands to get your mitts on. Um, Fenty always does a good lip gloss gift set. And I love the Fenty Gloss Bomb. It's probably my favorite gloss 
it's probably my favorite gloss um and there is the glossy posse mini gloss balm set that's on sale pretty much everywhere right now so that's a massive bargain uh biosense if you've been interested in biosense i feel like we've been talking about it endlessly for about 10 years now it's like 18 months because that's how long it's been out but you know um they have some really good gift sets that are definitely worth your money Tarte is another brand that's really great at um pulling out some of their bestsellers and making gift sets I just think now is the time to really get involved in that and then the brands that are just having mega sales like Pat McGrath apparently is just on constant sale right now which is very exciting and appropriate because it's very expensive but yeah check out the gift sets check out all the brands that desperately want to give you minis because there's nothing more joyous in this life than a makeup mini. We all know that. It tends to be that mid-tier brand, uh, which we like. Like I said, a Jouer, a Tarte, um, a Wonder Beauty, the Fenty, again. Um, the higher-end brands tend not to do it to such a degree that you're getting a big discount. But you can definitely go to counter and see what their offers are. Well, you can't go to counter because covid um but you know if it's safe for you where you are to go to counter go check out the sales make sure you get some samples um but don't test us no testers no testers people god do you remember back in march when we had our episode when we, when we first started mentioning this and we were like oh i wonder what will happen to testers thing of the past out with the dinosaurs we'll get jurassic park before we get testers back and that's that's good that's right and proper um so anyway that's my tip for today uh check gift sets get yourself some minis feel good about life um and now on to quite frankly the most important part of this episode and maybe any other episode ever because I'm so happy we've honestly been trying to talk to Wendy since the podcast started I have a friend who works at Urban Decay uh and it's just been such a long time coming I was so desperate and I'm so happy uh that it was just the nicest nicest conversation and she's the nicest nicest most wonderful generous person I really really enjoyed talking to Wendy I really enjoyed asking her questions I have more questions um mostly about when I can get lip gunk brought back uh but like I said just a huge Urban Decay fan forever when I was in college I was at university, uh, I started in 99, and I want to say it was 2000, 2001, so I was in my second year, um, and I bought myself, because, you know, it was a student loan, and God knows I wasn't spending it on food, um, I bought an Urban Decay face case, so they'd come back in different iterations over the year, years, um, but it was a little silver wallet-sized case that had eyeshadows and lip gunk and one had a face glitter in it and I think I ended up with about three of them and I was just obsessed with them it was my entire look uh, for all of college and I loved it so much Uh, so the face cases for sure I literally could not live without I'm going to post some on our Instagram and I'll post some to the Facebook group so you can see them and get the big nostalgia kick that I have every time I see the photos because I threw mine out like an idiot uh, and I just desperately wish I still had them and then it was the uh, the lip gunks yeah lip gunks were my everything so I had Big Bang which was a sheer fuchsia with glitter in it and it smelled like cinnamon and In 2000, 2001, the only thing that meant was Aftershock. It smelled exactly like Aftershock. Um, And I was drinking a lot of Aftershock back then. Um, So that was like my Aftershock lip gloss. And then um, Hot Pants was the other one that I had that I was obsessed with, which was a a pale blue-pink, just very sheeny. And I was obsessed with it. And I still have it, which is messed up because like I daren't open it and smell it because it's rancid now. But I love it dearly. Uh, I love my... uh, my hot pants and the hot pants has come back which has made me so happy when it came back in gloss form recently uh, I also had the hot pants eyeshadow which I used to use as a blush um, and then so many of the eyeshadows that my friend and I collected them obsessively we were so excited we were so poor this was when we came out of uni and we were working as graduates and um like once every couple of months we would save up to buy a single eyeshadow and I remember her getting I told the story to Wendy in the interview you'll hear it but I remember her coming home with mildew which was this gorgeous green colour and just being 
so happy and I got oil slick and was so happy uh and my ex was so confused because he was like I don't get it they're not even nice I'm like shut up what nice means to me and what nice means to you two different things uh which is very much the urban decay ethos I think you know it's about expression and self-expression and beauty being what beauty is to you not what beauty is to other people so rather than continue to tell you my tales of my extensive tales through the Urban Decay uh, back catalogue, I am going to hand over, well, to myself, but to myself and to Wendy, uh, who is going to answer some of your questions, a lot of my questions, and tell us all about her career at Urban Decay. That is coming up right after this break. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wendy, I am so excited to be talking to you. Everyone knows I'm such an Urban Decay fangirl. You know I'm such an Urban Decay fangirl because you were tipped off by a mutual acquaintance. Uh, but I'm so happy. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to be talking to you today. Yay. It's really great because you are such a fan. So you, I know you'll have <laughs> some great questions and we'll be able to dive deep. I feel like I just want to go through the genesis of every single product but there's a chance that in this short time we have, that's not ideal. Uh, so what I'm going to do is start with some questions from our listeners okay. and then probably, you know, start grilling you on where my uh, cover-up pencil went to. I'll, I'll, I, won't, I won't hold you personally responsible. I won't, but, but I might. I'll throw other people under the bus, don't worry. <laughs> Amazing, fantastic. So for people who aren't familiar with your career path, with how you got into beauty, um, can you tell us a little bit how you started out? Were you always a beauty girl? I have always been a beauty girl. I grew up in Texas, in Fort Worth, Texas. Perfect. So, you know, that is that says a lot right there. I was sent home from school in eighth grade for wearing too much makeup. That's <laughs> what I do in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. Excellent. But um, but I've always loved makeup. I do remember my mom gave me this big, like, blockbuster Calvin Klein makeup set for Christmas. It was filled with eyeshadows and blushes and lipsticks. And I remember going through magazines and tearing out pictures of like Brooke Shields and all of these like beautiful models and taping them up and trying to recreate the looks. And I was actually pretty good at it. I was always a really good art student. Mm -hmm. So I was really good at doing my own makeup and getting that fade and the blend. I didn't have like chunky, you know, like badly blended makeup. I Mine always was perfect and on yeah. point. There was just a lot of it. So... Um, <laughs> So, you know, kind of fast forward, I was always really into makeup. I always loved like purple eyeshadow. I was into my hair. And um, after college, I ended up working at an ad agency. And um, well, I should back up a teeny bit. Um, I, I actually really got into doing makeup. I started doing some modeling and I was like a B-level model. So there wasn't always a makeup artist. So the agency had this older model come and give us all classes on how to do our makeup for uh, shoots, these like catalog shoots. So you know, <laughs> I ended up doing my own makeup. And then um, when I was in college, I actually was Miss Benbrook. It's a suburb of Fort Worth. So I was Miss Benbrook, Texas, USA. It's the one where you don't have to have a talent. You just have to be tall, um, which I am. <laughs> and... Um, so I, I ended up doing a lot of my own stage makeup for that. And I didn't win. I didn't even come close to winning, but I got this giant consolation prize and it was a giant bag of makeup. And I was just like, I don't even care. I just got all this amazing makeup. I was so happy. So, um, you know, I just kept, I was just always a makeup girl. And, um, then I got a job 
in after college at a big ad agency and I worked on all of these sort of youth culture brands like Reebok and Nintendo and I was friends with someone who literally just texted me right before <laughs> we started this podcast and um, she had been engaged to a guy who was the business manager of a woman named Sandy Lerner and Sandy started Cisco Systems and Sandy had come up with this idea like you know let's start a makeup company and you know there's nothing out there for me and I weirdly was feeling the same way about makeup and I was really looking for something entrepreneurial to do and Tara called me and, or not Tara Tara gave my name to David the business manager and said you've got to call Wendy she'd be you know she'd be perfect and that was how the connection happened and I flew up to San Jose I met with Sandy and um, we hit it off and decided let's let's do this crazy thing. And it was so amazing to meet her because here was this woman, she had broken down barriers in the tech industry as a woman. She disrupted a, an entire industry by inventing something that had never been out there before. And someone with that kind of vision believed in me and it made me feel like I could do it. And so I'm a big believer because of that, that we need to empower each other, especially as women or people that haven't always been believed in, you can do it. And so that's kind of how the journey got started. That's amazing. That's actually really nice. <laughs> it makes me feel warm and fuzzy and like ready for the holidays now. That is a lovely oh, story. Um, so tell us about Urban Decay in particular, how did you come up with the name? How did you come up with the aesthetic? How did you come up with the original colors? Like there were a lot of questions from people saying like, how did you know that I needed that color that you created at that time? Well, I can tell you, I knew because I needed it. And um, the whole makeup world, when we started Urban Decay was really sugary sweet. It was, it was pink, it was sweet. There was nothing really out there that was kind of pushing the envelope in terms of edgy. And I feel like it was right at the time women were discovering who they are. I always like mark the moment in time because I remember seeing um, Gwen Stefani on MTV singing, I'm just a girl. And, and it was really an anthem to that moment where women were saying, you know what, we are not just a girl. You know, we have this power. And why does, why is our makeup sort of holding us back in so many ways. I mean, the whole idea behind makeup was that here is this beautiful woman and she's usually white, thin, blonde, um, very, very feminine, like not interesting, you know, features. And she's held up as this beauty aesthetic, right? And we looked at that and we were like, there's so much more to people. There's so much more to beauty. Um, and we wanted really to shake things up mm -hmm. and democratize beauty. We wanted everyone to feel like makeup was about self-expression, not about aspiring to this impossible and not necessarily accurate standard of beauty. Yeah. So that was really the sort of mindset behind it. And we really felt like there was white space in the industry to go talk to people that, that loved makeup but maybe didn't feel like it was speaking to them or that they didn't fit in or they weren't quite enough, right? I always say we weren't white enough, pretty enough, skinny enough, all of an enough, um, but, mo but we are all enough. So mm -hmm. that was our goal with Urban. The name came about, um, Sandy's husband, uh, we were saying it should be Urban something, Urban something, and Sandy's husband, Len, in a meeting said, call it Urban Decay. And my initial reaction to that was, Ooh, that's really going, that's really pushing it really far. Um, but then I remember thinking about all the things I thought were beautiful in New York or Chicago where I had lived right after college. And I remember thinking like those buildings where the, like the brick walls crumbling, I'm like that brick wall, it's really beautiful and it has a story and it's more about the beauties deeper than, than skin deep you know mm -hmm. it's like it's got depth and a story to tell so that was when I was like you know what that name is exactly right that's what we should call it because we are shaking up the industry and we are talking about inner beauty finding you know scratching beneath the surface and I feel like it really summed up the name in terms of the packaging because you had also asked about that you know 
we were looking through catalogs of nail polish bottles and I remember like flipping to the back of this like catalog of glass, you know, that we had like come across glass bottles. And I was like, we should put it in this medicine bottle. Like it looked like a medicine bottle. And now the, it's called a Boston round. And now it's a ubiquitous <laughs> dropper bottle. Anytime yeah. anyone wants to launch, you know, a skincare, something that looks medicinal and serious, they put it in that dropper. But for us to put the nail polish in that kind of bottle, and then we found a cap that kind of looked, had like flat sides and kind of looked like a bolt. It almost looked like a tool or a piece of hardware. Um, that was really, it was really different and it was really unusual. When you started uh, with your original products, was there anything that you couldn't do in the initial launch that you were desperate to do? Was there, was there one thing that you were like, if this works out, this is what I want to do next? Well, for me, it was eyeshadow. So we launched with, 12 nail, nail polishes and 10 lipsticks. And, you know, the lipsticks, we found like a vintage old case that kind of looked like, it looked like a shotgun shell. And that's what we were going for. It may not be politically correct in this moment to admit that, but I'm going to admit it. It just felt like an urban artifact. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's, you know, we kind of resurrected this vintage case. But for me, I'm an eyeshadow person. I mean, I have purple lipstick on today, but I'm a real eyeshadow person. And um, so for me, I was desperate to make eyeshadow. And I also loved super soft, creamy eyeshadow. And I felt like a lot of the eyeshadow was overly pressed. It was too hard. So for me, that was a big, big place to explore and have fun. Yeah, that makes sense to me as someone whose first venture into eyeshadow was the Urban Decay face cases, uh, which oh. I, again, will stop haranguing Tammy about bringing them back because it's not literally not her job. But like, please, can I have oh. my face you case know, back? She has a lot of influence, though. So, Well, then she needs to pull her socks up, quite frankly. And I say yeah, that with okay. love. <laughs> but, like The face cases, and we had so many people when I talked to our group about what they remembered. Uh, they remember those face cases, the little silver sort of pocket-sized cases that had eyeshadows and lip, lip gunks. Uh, and a couple of them had a, a delightful face glitter in. And this was about 2000 when I was in college going out every night and that right. face glitter got some use. So oh, thank you for I'm that. I, yeah. <laughs> I think we were the first brand too to put glitter in eyeshadow. And that was really, you know, the Midnight Cowboy. Um, it wasn't in our initial launch of eyeshadows, but it was that next round. Mm -hmm. And it was when I realized like we need to, we had all these crazy colors and I love those, but I realize there's a lot of women that they want to like walk on the edge, but maybe they're not a bright eyeshadow kind of person. Mm -hmm. So Midnight Cowboy was really that shade that I created to make a neutral shade kind of edgy and fun and different. And so we took a really beautiful like champagne beigey shade and infused it with glitter and it was really different and it had an edgy name and that's kind of was the philosophy behind Midnight Cowboy. Makes sense to me. I remember very specifically my friend coming home from uh, a shopping trip and she had spent food money on uh, mildew and was oh, yeah. <laughs> the happiest she'd ever been and didn't eat for like three days and I, I fed her but it was like she was supposed to go buy food and bought an eyeshadow because she couldn't not buy it which I think was a part of the appeal of the brand at the time like you say it was so different there was nothing else like it so it wasn't like now and everyone can go and dupe everything which makes me sad in its own way and is a different conversation but you could not dupe urban decay back then like it, there was nothing else that looks like was you guys really, yeah it was hard to do and you know we were we were pressing with you know I had like killed this is like maybe a little more technical but when they press eyeshadow there's a, actually a little uh like a piece of fabric or something that they put in between the pressing machine and mm -hmm. the shadow and most brands were using like linen and it was kind of that old fashioned texture and it sort of made it a little harder than I liked and so we were experimenting and I was actually pressing our shadows with uh, with just Kleenex tissue wow. to kind of give it that that sort of soft texture mm -hmm. and not too hard of a press. So, you know, it was like all those little things we were doing yeah. that are now well, tricks of the trade. All the little things you were doing then is why you are still around today, which is like a very exciting thing. Um, going back to the neutrals, as you mentioned, you weren't a brand known for neutrals at the very beginning. Um, and then I could not ask you about it you revolutionized the eye palette industry uh, with the Naked palette. So right. tell us the story of the Naked palette. How did that come about? 
So the Naked Palette really came about because I was traveling a lot and I wanted to create a quad of neutrals that I could throw in my bag along with, I, the way I would pack it by like, okay, I'm wearing this blue outfit, green outfit, and I would literally like have eyeshadow to match. Like that was my thing is like, I loved that sort of like pulled together look. And, but you always need a couple of neutrals to finish out even a brightly colored eye. And so I was like, what are the four neutrals I absolutely must have in my bag? And I asked two other people who are working with me in product development, hey, if you were gonna be stuck on a desert island, what would be the four neutral shadows you would absolutely bring if you couldn't bring any others? And so I brought mine in and they brought theirs in and we laid them all out and we were gonna pick four, maybe make a couple of different quads and then we laid them all out and we were like, this is an amazing palette. We had one dupe, like two of us had picked the same one. So we kicked that one out. And then we had one shade that kind of didn't work. So we kicked that one out, but basically, and then we replaced it, you know, we created two other shades, but basically that first palette was the 12 shades we brought in less two that we like reconfigured. It was, there wasn't a lot of like, crazy amounts of work that went into it. It was just a bunch of different perspectives from people who loved makeup mm -hmm. and what would be your desert island shades. And we weren't planning on making a 12 pan palette, but the reason we called it naked, you know, I said to myself like, well, it, this is super cool and I want this, but how is it urban decay with everything we're really known for? Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, if it was all about like getting naked, cause you know, all of our, most of our, themes were like had innuendos of sex drugs and rock and roll in there so um I was like well let's just make it kind of sexy and so that's kind of how the naked palette became the naked palette did you have any idea of what you were doing to, to oh, the whole world I, you know, I remember talking to my business partner Tim and you know having the discussion about whether the naked palette that, you know, this thing we had just created and, and sort of talked about as a company, like, oh, should we make it a permanent item or should we just make it an in and out? Hmm, what should we do? And I remember that was an actual conversation. <laughs> so um, we actually decided to make it a permanent item, which it sold out anyway. So it was kind of like an in and out, but, um, but yeah, it that was kind of the whole, we had no idea. We had no idea what we had our hands on. It was just the right thing at the right time. So speaking of product development, um, I'm assuming you are still incredibly hands-on with all of that. That is your thing that you do. Is that your favorite part of your job? I love creating products. It is one of my favorite things. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's it. I love <laughs> I, It goes back to when I was a little kid. I remember I liked making things. And I would like make necklaces. I like to knit. I like to make things. I still like to knit. In fact, I have my knitting right here. See, a little bag. Very impressive. Um, and so I, I'm just a creator. And so making product is really fun for me. So if you had to choose, I'm not going to make it a number because whenever I make it a number, it's too hard for people. It's not fair. Um, but if you had to choose your favorite products uh, from Urban Decay past, Urban De Decay gone by, what would they be? Well, I love the original eyeshadows. Um, I love that those, you know, we like, we made them out of a tin mm -hmm. that we had found, you know, it wasn't even an eyeshadow case. And the, there we had, to, the eyeshadows wouldn't fit in. So we had to build a little platform. And I actually had those injection molded, not in China, but like at a little family owned injection molding factory in Bishop, which is right up in the mountains of the high Sierras. Oh, wow crazy that we found this like little, you know, family factory. Um, so I love the handmade nature of the original eyeshadows. Um, that made me super happy. I love eyeshadow primer potion. I think it's something that uh, has really changed the way women wear eyeshadow. That's, that's also a favorite. Um, I love perversion mascara. I think it's one of my favorite mascaras ever. Um, the setting spray is just a workhorse. Everyone loves that. Um, and I think probably the heavy metal glitter liner. Those are really fun too. So magical. Are you, do you have any favorites that um, aren't with us any longer that have been discontinued? Oh, the flavored body powder. Oh, <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Um, I had so much fun like cooking those up and coming up with what flavor should be next. And 
you know, I remember being, I mean, so naive, like we made this beautiful one called champagne and it had like kind of a fizzy smell to it and like really fresh champagne scent. And then we put it in a tall, thin box, like you'd get a fancy bottle of champagne. And immediately we got a cease and desist from the champagne region of France. And like, like me, I didn't know you couldn't name it that. I just named it that. Yeah. So you made you know. it. You made it. You got a cease and desist from champagne. I don't think they need to worry about that. I wouldn't have thought that's their biggest concern. <laughs> no, yeah, but they, they yeah, but they nothing about champagne unless it comes from champagne. That's so I crazy. That. We, well, yeah. now we've all learned that. Now none of us will try and publish anything. You can't name, you can't name your shade name champagne. It's got to be champagne something made in that region <laughs> someone needs to let a certain brand know about their sparkling wine pop highlighter and, and change that pronto yeah, maybe they got maybe they did a collab I maybe know. i mean that that would be quite the collab um onto collabs actually while we're talking about them urban decay has done some amazing collaborations some amazing licensing deals you mentioned gwen stefani already which was an incredible one i still have my whole pulp fiction collection in my save yeah. drawer and my alice in wonderland uh palette in my save drawer before i list all of them uh which are your favorites that you've worked on i love the gwen one um that one is a great story because I think I mentioned, you know, she inspired me with her, you know, with no doubt. And I'm just a girl and seeing her in that video. And I always let, wanted to work with her, but her star was so huge. And it wasn't until we had worked on the brand for almost 20 years that we were sort of at a place where we could approach Gwen. And so it was really fun for me to you know, I had met her a couple of times. She had worn the brand a few times. That famous photo of her with the bindies and the blue hair mm -hmm. was a crazy Urban Decay product that I did love. And I forgot to mention called UD40. Like it was a take on WD40, which mm -hmm. is like an all-purpose lubricant. I don't know why we called it UD40. I mean, <laughs> You could like put it on your body, you could put it in your hair and it would wash right out, but it would really like coat and color your hair pretty well. So, um, so I had always wanted to work with her since then. And so it was really fun to sit down and create that palette that reflected her aesthetic and the shades she loves to wear and the lipsticks and her graphic design sensibilities. So that was, that was a really fun collaboration. And of course, I love the Alice in Wonderland uh, collaboration. We did the first one that we did with Tim Burton. Um, a really good story behind that was we had, if you, you remember, it's a pop-up. A lot of people remember there's a little pop-up scene and there's the mushroom with the caterpillar smoking his hookah pipe. And even though Tim Burton was directing, Disney was producing the movie and the Disney lawyers were like, you got to take the hookah pipe out. And we were like, no, the caterpillar has to have a hookah <laughs> pipe. And they were fighting us, fighting us. And legend has it, well, it's true. Tim Burton stepped in and told Disney, the caterpillar must have a hookah pipe. So that is how we got. That's incredible. I never met him, but he did step in on our behalf to make the palette even better. As and, someone. And I, I, I was, I was going to say, I also love the Basquiat collection oh my goodness it's so for, beautiful yeah super favorite yeah. that must have been a difficult one to get off the ground was it was that a passion project for you it was a passion project we were working with the estate and I just had a vision for it immediately I thought we should pick a couple of paintings and we should pull colors out of the paintings to create the palette which is what we did and then um you know, we were, I was like, we should wrap them in canvas, you know, like make little canvases and put the hanger on the back. So you actually have your own little Basquiat on the wall. I don't know. It was just something I felt like I could go top to bottom, like make it a really cohesive project that told a story that tied in with the artist. And I just, I love that project. Yeah, it was a really beautiful one. And I did just want to say, as someone who played the caterpillar in Alice in Wonderland in her school play when she was 11 and was very confused by the hookah when they were like, you're going to oh. you're gonna keep putting this in your mouth for no reason because I was 11. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sorry, if my drama teacher in 1992 could be faithful to the idea of a child smoking a hookah. Right. a child smoking, yeah. Yeah, suck it up, Disney. I really think it's okay. I'm like, 
would never happen today. No, it would sad. never happen. I'm, I'm so glad you had that experience and you got to. I, it was a magical. I mean, they also wouldn't cover my face in oil green paint because they couldn't figure out any other way to make me green, which then it left me green for four days. Um, so, like, I like to think things in general have changed. But we, we live on one. I will give your, I will give everyone a little tip. I have made myself green on many occasions using eyeshadow primer potion and like mildew or a matte another matte green there we go see always back to mildew always back to mildew i was sadly i'm gonna say eight years early um with my performance i was ahead of my time it it turns out i was ahead of my time um putting your eyeshadow primer potion and then using whatever color eyeshadow with a big brush it's a great way to change your to turn into a different if you want to be an avatar or whatever you want to be whatever color that makes so much sense secret it may be the secret to many things i'm like have we tried it on everything have we tried it everywhere like i'm prepared to um is there anything other than a zoom filter that you could clip to your face uh is there anything that you can't wait to invent uh that you haven't invented yet oh my gosh i can't believe you're asking this i know i'm sorry it's the worst question it's uh, the cruelest question i still think you know, there, we can push technology to make a foundation that really does like blur out pores, fine lines, and doesn't get cakey. Mm -hmm. I just think in the foundation realm, um, I would love to invent something that really can transform people, transform people's skin to, so it looks like a filter, but doesn't you know, wear down, settle into lines, stays flexible with them all day, doesn't dry them out. Like, I just think there's still room in the foundation space to really push the boundaries of technology. I, I hope that you are correct, because the older I get, the more I need that. So I'm like very well, excited. So that skin looks like skin, yeah. you know, and I feel like we're either, okay, it's sheer and it tends to make you a little shiny or it's heavier and it gets a little cakey. Um, and I think, you know, Urban Decay, we have some amazing foundations, but I always think there's room to improve. Amazing. So if you could go back and give yourself any advice right at the beginning of your journey, what would you tell yourself? I would tell myself to find a business partner sooner, someone that is totally focused on the business side, because as creative people, we want to invent and create And I really believed like at the beginning, like I will just create this stuff and people are just going to come buy it. And it's, Mm -hmm. that's not how it works. I've since learned that. Um, And you also need someone watching the money and really making sure that everything's operationally running a, a really tight ship. And so I would definitely invest more in the business side of the business because it is creative, but you got to remember it's a business. And the reason you're there doing it is to be profitable and provide jobs and and all of those things so you definitely need to have a a handle on the business side so that's what i would tell myself is be a better business person that one that one hits home a little too hard (laughs) a lot of people people who get into this business you know it's it's hard for them because they they the creativity is everything right Mm -hmm. you can't lose sight of that either and that's why it's hard if it was easy, everyone would do it. True. That's very true. Very smart advice. So what is next for Urban Decay? Can you tell us? Is there anything coming up very soon that we should get excited about? Oh, we have so many amazing collaborations coming, and I cannot tell you about any of them, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but um, <laughs> they are all top secret, but I have to tell you, there's some really incredible ones coming Um coming and those are the things I'm so excited about right now how do you choose your collaborators I realized that sounded like it was going to be the last question and then I came in straight in with another one but how do you choose your collaborators how do you know that someone is someone you want to work with well it's I haven't always nailed it I will tell you the the Alice in Wonderland was the first real collaboration and that one just made sense. Uh, Tammy, who we were talking about earlier, came to me and said, Disney's producing Alice in Wonderland and Tim Burton is directing it. And I said, we're doing it. Like that was my reaction, right? And I feel like when you know, when you're involved with the brand and Tammy knew it too, right? So it wasn't just me that like, oh, I have this like instinct, right? 
it seems like an obvious choice. Mm -hmm. And I think when things are clear and obvious, that's when you do them. We have done a couple of other collaborations where it was definitely pushing the envelope. Like, like how do we make this fit? Like, how do we turn this idea into something that's, that could be urban decay? And I won't mention the ones they were, but they just didn't work as well. They didn't resonate with our customers as well. And so we have a couple coming up that I think will really resonate that I'm really excited about. That is very exciting. And I know everyone sat at home now is just be refreshing their Instagram continually uh, until those are launched. Thank you so much, Wendy. This was the nicest chat. Uh, I, I will, as I say, just wait till this interview is over and then just grill you on every individual product you've ever made. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> I'm so honored you wanted to talk to me about I mean, I love talking about uh, vintage UD days. It's uh, super fun. It seems to be the thing that people love to hear about. So it's great. It works works both ways. I get great traction on my Instagram when I talk about <laughs> throwback stuff. Amazing. So um, it was a it was a really cool time, and um, I appreciate you having an interest in it. I'm thinking what we'll have to do in a post COVID world is um, I will come down and visit you, and we should go through the archive. Uh, and oh, we should do a absolutely. full episode dedicated to the Urban Decay archive. Absolutely do that. Tammy and I actually took COVID time to like, we put on our, we masked up, we went in together and started going through some of the archive stuff because it's, I have to admit, it's not super well organized. So we're getting it organized. Um, so we will be ready for you to come and tour with us. Amazing. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. This was such a great chat. Thank you. You know what it's time for now. One, two, three. Highlight of the week. My throat's really sore. And I think I've hurt my throat singing I want a hippopotamus for Christmas, which is just really sad. Um, but anyway, thank you to Wendy. Uh, with Wendy front of mind, which she basically has been for a week now, my husband's like, please stop talking about that lady and can't love her. Um, I was thinking about what my highlight of the week would be and... There was really only one choice. When um, I was prepping for my interview with Wendy, I went through my massive, 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 massive collection of Urban Decay products. And there were so many that I was like, oh, God, I haven't tried this in ages. Oh, I haven't tried this in ages. Or, ooh, time to put this back in the drawer. Because um, I keep all my makeup in a great big chest of drawers. And then I take stuff in and out in a makeup bag that I use regularly to try and sort of mix it up, keep myself out of the COVID rut um, and keep things fresh and fun. And something that I hadn't used in a little while that just quite frankly I don't think a better version of exists in any way shape or form were the 24-7 pencils and I know we've talked about them before and I know they're not new but sometimes what's not new needs a light shining on it to remind us just how bloody good it is and the 24-7 pencils just have not been bettered there are good pencils out there there are really great pencils these days but for my money for the choice of colour, for the choice of finish, for the choice of texture, for longevity, for smudgeability, for wear time, for all of it. I don't think better pencils exist than the Urban Decay 24-7 pencils. Demolition is like my go-to, always works, whatever you're doing pencil. It's like a greyish matte brown. Um, I think I'm correct. I don't have it in front of my face, which is just deeply stupid because like I'm talking about it. Um, but it's just always great. Oh, do you know what? I do have it in front of my, I do have it in front of my face. Oh my God, that's how much I love Demolition. I literally had one within arm's reach uh, and it has so, been so used already. It's down to the uh, four in 24-7. But yes, it's a matte brown with some sort of very neutral, uh, cool grey tones to it. Just makes it perfect for smoking up an eye. You can wear it on its own and make a smoky eye. You can use it in the lash line to tight line. You can use it very finely just to give definition into the lashes on the top or the bottom. Uh, I, I love it and I can use it with anything. For Bridget Jones, uh, <laughs> it goes with any outfit for any occasion, um, but without the Julian of it all, just with it being a wonderful pencil. But honestly, any of the 24-7 pencils, I cannot be without them. Um, they are my workhorse go-to, just really the backbone of my makeup collection, I think, if we're being brutally honest. Uh, whenever I need to pull something together that I wasn't anticipating, like if I'm going out-out and I wasn't expecting it, I can just grab one of the shimmery pencils and do something sparkly and fun on the eye. If I'm um, 
wanting to do something creative. They're the first pencils I go to because there's so much color in the collection that I can use. I did an eye like a year ago um, that was blue and green and purple and it was on my Instagram and people went mental because I don't usually wear a lot of color on my eye uh, and I got so many messages. I think I got more messages about that eye on Instagram than any of my books, which is actually a bit of a concern. Um, but it was all Urban Decay pencils. It was all 24-7 pencils. So that for sure is my highlight of the week this week because I pulled them all out after, well, before I talked to Wendy, I pulled them all out. And then after I talked to Wendy, I've been using them all the time. And they've just given me so much joy. So the 24-7 pencils for sure. And um, not really a highlight, but wanted to give you a heads up. We've talked about it already. But the Stoned Vibes palette, the Stoned Vibes collection uh, is on sale in a bunch of places right now. And that Stoned Vibes palette, I just love it. I love it so much. If you listened to or attended our attended, if you were part of our last live episode that we recorded, um, you saw me break it live, uh, <laughs> live over Zoom while I was testing it out. But even though I broke one of the pans because I am a ham-fisted, not go full Bridget Jones, I won't say the word, but I'm a ham-fisted madam, um, I managed to press most of it back in and it's still totally usable and I've used that one shade more than any other, the really shimmery, beautiful uh, crystal infused shades they're just gorgeous so do check that out it's on sale in lots of places you can get yourself a bargain ah oh, so much love anyway that's it for this week um so glad you were able to join us thank you to wendy for joining us if you are not already part of our facebook group what are you waiting for facebook.com forward slash full coverage podcast click the top pinned post and come and join us. Join us on Instagram where you can take part of the Advent Challenge. Oh my God, the most exciting thing that's ever happened to any of us in the last 24 hours. And uh, yeah, Twitter, we're there as well. Although let's be real, not very often because you can check me out at Lindsay Kelk and I'm actually there all the time. Um, but we'll be back in but two weeks with more chats, more interviews, um, hopefully a difficult eyes if we can pin her down. Goodness gracious me, that girl is a busy one. Uh, but thank you so, 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 so much for all your support. It means the world to us and uh, we wouldn't be here without you. So thank you so much, PodFam. I will see you again soon. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.